Welcome to the Noggin Podcast, putting people in good places to do good stuff at work. And you're listening to the second part of our conversation called Initiating. If you've not listened to the first one, loop back to that now. Enjoy. I, mean, I said earlier that the, because this we were talking about something where I think you, you talked about your client where hmm. they wanted the bond back with person there's obviously a depth to the relationship already so there was more at risk mm. and I'm going to contradict myself a little bit from what I said earlier that when you're initiating dialogue with people a lot of it is in the attentive dimension and that's true and that is probably more true with people who where there's less jeopardy and then you also dip into the connected dimension which is about warmth honesty openness, and trust and feelings of trust, you know, as a result of how you behave, which is probably more prevalent with dialogue that you have with somebody where there's more invested in that relationship. So in that context, it's probably playing more to that aspect of your behaviour. In, as you said, the, the fear, the primal fear that we operate from where there's more vested in an in, in, a, in a relationship is a fear of reject, rejection mm. so we are fearful of raising things for fear of the reaction that we might get from people yeah so so the what do you do about that well be as you said be vulnerable be open be honest and talk about how you're feeling you know there's a, a famous well in our world anyway way of introducing things or framing your conversation from Firo theory from a guy called Will Schutz who you know I'm a big fan of and he used to talk about first truth first Mm. which would be speak your truth because it's undeniable yeah you know nobody can say no no, you're not feeling that it is and it's a so to talk your first truth is to say look I want to talk to you about something and I'm feeling as you can probably see I'm feeling you know, really uncomfortable talking to you about it because I'm, I'm a bit fearful of how you might react. Mm. And then if you're on the receiving end of that, your focus typically goes to the person rather than the thing you're about to talk about. I'm building on what you said there, Ben. I wonder as well whether there's a level of individual difference between us all as to what we might tune into first so you've you've talked about at the initiating stage of a relationship being really attentive is important and then you've also said actually when there's a when there's a depth of relationship when when there's um, more at stake with someone that you're close to connection becomes really important and i also wonder whether us as individuals might pick up on different signals depending on our life experiences and and what we tune into because I know for me connection is really important and I know for you the attentive one is more important but then we might have someone who is in a work context and is so their boss is having a one-to-one chat with them and 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 the thing that they might be tuning into is I you know I really I really hope that they see how hard I've been working and and how important to me my job is and how I want to show them that I've been doing well and and I, and if they were to challenge that then that would cause a a reaction so I also wonder whether we're all slightly different in a way um, our our Venn diagram of a b and c 
might have slightly different shapes to it. Yeah, and and the balance side does come into it clearly. Venn diagram, it's present at you know all, all three are present at all stages of an interaction. And you're right because what some people will really value in a conversation is not necessarily just the relevance or just the openness. They'll value the choice that they have. Mm. Now, they'll, they'll be thinking, yeah. can I cope with, am I capable of coping with what's about to happen? So is it going to be a challenge to my competence? Is it, is it, am I going to be able to cope with the back and forth? Am I going to be given choice? So in, in starting off well, indicating some sort of intent to make the dialogue two-way and to offer permission to the person and to indicate that you want your, your, your intentions are positive and you want to give them choice in how they react. Even if it's a case of the choice between whether this is a conversation we're going to have now or we're going to have later, even that is a choice. It's like, we can talk about this now or later. You know, if you're having a, let's say, you've got to deliver some really important but critical feedback about an individual and you're worried about how they, how it might land, say, if it's attitudinal or the bit their behavior is having a negative impact on their colleagues or whatever it is. Like, you have to have the conversation. In, in a sense, there is no choice. And you can give the individual choice by saying something as simple as, okay, it's one of those conversations we're going to have to have and we can have it now or we can have it another time when it's best when when it's more suited to you and 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 we're going to have it <laughs> well and some people talk about giving people the illusion of choice mm. and even that's a choice because it's the choice to come on board with a conversation or not but the choice needs to be an informed one so mm. there needs to be something about what the person's going to get from that conversation that allows them to make an informed choice. So as long as they get a sense of what they're going to get from it, yeah. you can choose. So you use that feedback example. Um, say, for example, I wanted to develop to deliver some feedback to you. Let's let's imagine something, right? So would that how would that be if I were to do a demo, just for the you know, yeah, let's do let's let's run another demo just to bring to life what you've just been talking about. Let's just imagine that I have a uh, negative impact on. On Wendy. Okay. Our I mean, colleague. Yeah, I mean, we, we could maybe edit out the word imagine. <laughs> oh, has the demo started? <laughs> well, I think we're done. Is that <laughs> Was that it? <laughs> oh, God, I'm good at this stuff. <laughs> you should do this for a living, Ben. <laughs> so, uh, so we demonstrate this as a, as, a, as a context about feedback, and it could be, a line manager could be a colleague, could be a friend, whatever like that. So, um, so um, let's switch it around, and yeah, let me let me do it this way for you. So, um, Michael, I wanted to have a slightly different conversation with you today, okay? Because where we catch up about the tactical stuff, and there's something popped up recently that is needs a slightly different type of conversation because it concerns your impact. Okay. Um, so you know how you've said that your 
impact is something that you really want help with and you want to work on because that's something that has come to light from a couple of couple of places and it's something for your own progression that that's important to you mm. but it's kind of one of those conversations where I've picked up some feedback and I'd really like to be able to talk to you and talk to you about it in a constructive way okay with the, in, in the spirit of being helpful sounds good would that be all right yeah yeah so yeah. um so there's a perception I've picked up from a couple of people and what's interesting is they're both using the same word right and 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 it's and it seems to relate to you know, your interactions in, in meetings. And the word that's being used and all the perceptions is negative. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm really surprised. Yeah, I thought you would be. And and that's, I suppose, the intention of talking to you about it is because I think it would be doing you a disservice not to bring it to your attention and then not to think about, okay, so how can we explore that together? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd... Of course, I want to know, you know, we're a small team. I yeah. want to know where that perception might be occurring, the context in which that might happen. So if we think about meetings, what, what do you think you might be doing? Well, you know, you know how it is sometimes in meetings, we can get stuck in meetings. And one of the things that's important to me is that um, we're not having an unnecessary amount of meeting time. So I am quite urgent when we're in those types of settings because I'm wanting to move things forward and make sure we're as time efficient as possible and we get to an outcome and we're clear about whose actions what and we take things away and and then you know as I'm saying it I'm realizing that maybe maybe that's how I might be coming across well I I hear you say the word urgent and I'm wondering in that urgency, what specifically do you do? I think I might be not necessarily including everyone as, as I sort of rush forward and I might close people down and not listen sometimes. I think, I think my sense is, and this might be something you need to investigate further, is the closing people down. Right. I think, I think, you, I think you're there then with that. And, and I really hear your intention, which is to move things forward, and I get that. So... I'm wondering how can you hold that intention of moving things forward and, and not, you know, not going over the same thing again and, and, mm -hmm. and the urgency, how can you hold that and at the same time experiment with, with doing some things differently? Yeah. And I, so what I'd suggest is maybe have a think about what you could do differently that, that meets that intention that goes some way to overcoming those negative perceptions. Yeah. And I'm happy to work with you on that. I think that'd be great. I think I think a positive outcome for me would be to not necessarily lose my intention to make sure our meetings are constructive and time efficient and all of those things, whilst also yeah. honouring that and but also not not closing people down. And I do it. I, I wonder I wonder as you say that, um might one of the solutions be to think and hold that intent and make use that more overtly yeah yeah be a bit more upfront with that yeah and think about how you might help people to understand mm. where you're coming from okay. as a suggestion cool thanks ben pause right so um then we could do it a second way so so michael how do you think things are going with the team things are going great with the team yeah we've got we're getting through loads of stuff really? we're really delivering really how do you think things are going with Wendy? Yeah, I mean, Wendy are great. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're, in, we're we're working together quite a lot at the moment, and um, you know she's super busy, and yeah, I'm really driving. I feel like I'm really helping her move forward with things. Yeah, um, well, she's given me some feedback that you can be quite negative sometimes. Sorry, what? She's given me some feedback that you can be quite negative sometimes. She hasn't. When did she say that? Well, well, last she hasn't week. told me. <laughs> so, so, so before this descends any further, because I think we're on we're on the we're on the precipice as we speak. So what? Obviously, I'm I'm exaggerating to make a point in that second one. But what 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 was the difference first time, second time? I know that I know people listening will get a sense of you know the the structure of how I chose to deal with that. But what was your you know, in that imagined scenario, mm. what would, even though you know, you're, you're present to the, the, how I'm catalyzing a reaction in you, because, mm. you know, it's still to an extent real, what, what, what were your reflections on how I initiated? I think in the first one, I felt like you were with me, you know, even though it was in a context where you were wanting to offer me some feedback I felt as though you were with me whereas in the second one I felt like you were against me okay and that's a really simple way of summing it up really like I felt as though you were with me you managed to yeah do that thing again where you you gain permission and that was really important to me but then also you made it clear at the start that you'd thought about me that there was something in it for me in having this conversation. I think that was also important. This wasn't just a case of you needing to tell me something. It was about my impact and me wanting to progress, which is something that's important for me. So it was relevant. Yeah. Back to that engaged with relevance thing again. We've gone full circle. And hopefully a bit of choice and a bit of, um, I don't know, I, I think it was playing back how I did it. And I wondered if there was enough, enough, um, openness i suppose it was open where i was coming from i was just thinking about what well, did i share anything about how i was feeling going into the conversation maybe i didn't feel i needed to mm. Mm. Hopefully. it's the funny thing about these conversations isn't it when you rerun them you think oh i could have done that a different way and, and that's the funny thing is in a sense what we're saying is there's no right or wrong there's different ways and i i think the thing that we say to people is communication is the result that you get. And if you end up in a non-defensive, productive, useful, um, additive to the relationship type of conversation, you've done something right. If it goes off the rails or starts in a, you know, it's, it's a defensive, unproductive conversation, something's missing for both of you in the conversation and and the thing that we turn back to is it's if if there's a dynamic of somebody's leading it which might be in a in a line management context that for the person on the receiving end that maybe you haven't been sufficiently attentive and made it relevant to them maybe you haven't been sufficiently balanced by indicating your intent and giving them choice so they feel capable of handling what's about to come. And maybe you haven't been honest enough, or maybe you haven't been 
open enough to, or, or, or vulnerable enough, or disclosing enough to make you feel really connected. Yeah. I guess that's the little crib sheet at the end, isn't it? It's like a mental, a little bit of a mental checklist. It's like, you know, did I, did I hit these marks? Did I, did I sufficiently pull on these levers to the group, to the degree that was necessary in the moment when I was with this person so that we could get on with the thing we need to talk about, whatever that is. Were you conscious, yeah. were you conscious enough about the other person to talk to them about what you're about to talk to them about with relevance and with a degree of clarity yeah, have a conversation about the type of conversation that you're about to have because the self-conscious bit is the piece of feedback that you want to give which can lead to you blurting it out or the or the thing that you think they should do or the thing that you want to talk to them about without creating the dynamic of you know, it's not what you say it's how you say it and in initiating it's taking your attention to the other people mm. so small talk is about talk about the weather talk about you know a lot of people here there's a lot of people you know i noticed this or i see you've gone to the red wine mm. you know it's some way of showing that you're present and it kicks things off well yeah yeah talk about talk about the shirt well, I mean, you've only got, you've only got two. <laughs> Which one do you want to talk about? <laughs> I could say, I could say no, I could just, my opening line normally is, oh, you've got the dark shirt on, or you've got the lighter shirt on, but I know That's that there's only sufficient, two. sufficient amount of attentiveness to engage yeah. with me. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah. But we do, you know, we start off, don't we, saying, did you see this, or did you watch that, or did yeah. you hear about it? And that's the, you know, that's the everyday bit isn't yeah. it, that we talk about. Um, the weekend, the weather. Yeah. Obviously, uh, now now the Euros has finished. We can't talk about that. Talk but about then the Olympics about. is happening soon, so we'll be able to talk about that. The COVID pandemic is a great example of something that we've all shared context with. You know, it's amazing when we've met people in Manila or in New York who was working in their bedroom or their office or their living room as well. And it's like, oh, there's another way we can engage with relevance. Yeah. Yeah. It's all there, well, isn't it? Shared context. Shared mm. context. It's, it's the it's the humanity. I remember I remember two or three years ago being on the tube in London. I said the tube, meaning, oh, that old thing that I used to go on, I don't anymore. And you know, you're in your own little world on the tube. And there was a guy, young lad, probably about 15 or 16, and he, he um, and we were sitting there and this guy got on and he sat near us and this guy, he was on the tube, right, and he was wearing Ray-Ban glasses, mirrored, and he thought he was the bomb. He thought he was, he swaggered into the tube, swaggered and sat down and it was like he was, look at me, look at me. and and. For whatever reason, like you're obliged. <laughs> well, he just he sat there and he, he's obviously you know he was he thought he was the coolest person on earth, like this, and so I kind of had a quick you know quick glance and went back to my book or something like this, and the guy the young lad sitting opposite me must have been fifteen or sixteen, and he was 
looking down and reading something or on his phone or something like that. And you know that thing that happens when the tube slows down and then he can actually hear what's going on a little bit. So the guy I was talking about, he had headphones on. And the, as it slowed down, he got the headphones on so loudly, it was only when it slowed down coming into a station that you could hear what the music was that he was playing. And as I got a sense of Ricky Martin's Living the Vida Loca, my eyes shot up and met the eyes of the 15 and 16-year-old. And we both looked at each other and had this moment of recognition and just started laughing. And here's someone I will never meet again. And we had that moment of recognition and shared amusement. And it was wonderful. It was just brightened my day. Yeah. For all you knew, it was Ricky Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a really nice story of shared context. It's just, you know, you like to connect with each other's humanity, Mm. I think. And, and you know, and make that enjoyable, not not a chore. And you didn't you even know. say a word to each other, which is amazing. It's not, it's not being, you know, it's not being wary of strangers. It's about finding something that connects you, mm. which is even more important in this day and age. Yeah. With everything that's been going on. Next time, we're going to be talking about inquiring the middle part of an interaction and how to get the most out of that. But in the meantime, we've got some holiday in August, so we'll be back with you in September. We'll see you then.